Hello, my friends, and welcome to season three of the Geeked Out Collecting Podcast, where we apply financial and investing principles to our favorite hobby collectibles like Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, comic books, Fortnite cards, you name it, we talk about it all. Thank you so much for being here. I am your host, Jess. So let's get started with collecting things that we love like damn adults. Here's today's episode. This episode is brought to you by my wonderful patrons. Thank you so much to my patrons. They make this podcast possible and also very fun to do because we are able to interact on a private discord where we can talk, discuss topics, and just in general help each other collect the things that we want. So thank you so much to everyone who participates there. I couldn't appreciate you more. This episode is also brought to you by myself. If you haven't already heard, I've been working on a passion project called Cardfolio. It's going to be an app that'll let you scan your cards onto your phone and add them to your virtual binder. Your virtual binder allows you to keep track of not only what you own, but you'll also be able to keep track of what you need. Are you chasing a shadowless master set? If so, Cardfolio will be able to help you keep track of your progress towards your goal so that it makes it easier to achieve it. Cardfolio doesn't just catalog your collection and manage your collecting goals, it will also allow you to see your collection like an actual investment portfolio. This means you'll be able to see how much your collection is worth, how that value has changed over time, and how your collection value breaks down by item type. For example, how much do you have in raw cards versus slab cards versus sealed items? If all of this sounds like an app you would like to download, then join my early access waiting list. I'll keep you updated with app progress, mockups, and when it's available, early beta access. So it'll be fun and it'll be great. The link for the early access waiting list will be in the description below. So go ahead and sign up if that's something that you're interested in. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm so happy to bring on one of my longest hobby buddy friends that I've had, Charlie or Dulce Pokemon. He's been so great. This is probably like part three. This is probably the third conversation we've had on the podcast. And it was so awesome because we've been able to look back, you know, ever since <laughs> our, our last podcast, which was, I don't know, maybe sometime in October last year. And so much has changed since then in the hobby. It was so great to really go back and reflect on what we're seeing now, what we think might, where we think Pokemon might go in the near future, and then how it might go in the far future. So this was such a good conversation. Of course, it's always great to talk to Charlie because he's been in the market for so freaking long. He's seen the ups and the downs and, and the very, 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 very low, low prices of things. So it was really great to talk to him, get some very cool, uh, you know, details on some finer things from back in the day from collecting, like, for example, those original Pikachus, uh, collecting those... Uh, 1998 demo Pokemon packs. We talk a whole bunch about a lot of different things, uh, so it was really nice. I hope that we've taken some angles that are a little bit different than what we have before and not so much talked about things that we always talk about because he's been on the podcast for about three times, but I'm really, really happy with this one and how it came out because there is just so much information. So please keep 
a little notebook handy if you can while you're listening to this to take some notes or listen to it a few times so that you make sure that you get all the little minute details because I'm telling you they're there and it's worth it. So anyways, thank you so much, everyone. Let's welcome Charlie. How are you? Ah, uh, I'm good. How are you doing? It's been a long time. I know. I know. I was about to say the same thing. Gosh. <laughs> I, I feel like, I don't know, uh, maybe June or October? Something like that. Since last time we've been on. Yeah. Believe it or not, after after we did the last uh, the last segment, uh, I had a, a few people, like a bunch of people actually, reach out and and hit us and hit me up They're talking about the pod the they call it the this is the podcast officially right yeah yeah so they were on. actually talking about what, what we said and what we were talking about and how we broke it down and that they liked it and all that but there's a lot of a lot of change because it's been a long time gosh i know which is why which is why i wanted to bring you on first off i'm i'm really happy that people actually are hitting you up you know at least the last time so hopefully we can get some more people to uh, hit you up because I don't know. It's just it's just really great. Like I've met so many cool people. Like like I finally had Eric on a few months ago. Oh my god, he was so great to have on. Oh nice. And and you guys actually have also met in real life, right? I think that's what he was saying. Yeah, a few times. Yeah, we Florida. talk. We talk all the time. Uh huh. Yeah, he's he's real good people. Are you gonna go to the uh, convention yes. in August? Yes. yes, yes. There's a there's a lot of people going. There's a lot of people from overseas that reached out to me, and they were cool. like, "Dulce." They call me Dulce. Dulce is actually my <laughs> daughter's name. But uh, they're like, "Dulce, are you going?" Because I want to go. If you're going, we can link. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going." So I I, I already made uh, with some people from Argentina and stuff like that that are they're they're coming in. So I I have to be there. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I haven't booked anything yet, but I'm gonna have a table over there. So oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. I've never been to Palm Beach either, um, which I feel like it would be really nice to just, first off, I need a vacation. I need I need to just get out somewhere. I haven't been anywhere in probably like a year and a half, maybe two years, especially oh, wow. since COVID. But um, but yeah, it, it'll be it'll be a nice like escape. And I'm hoping to see as many people as I can. I mean, you know, since you'll be there, we get to link up. You know, of course, Eric, um, Steven from um, Poke Dreamer. He's been real cool. Uh, I'm trying to get him on my podcast too, actually. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm so excited. I'm really glad that they're putting the event. It seems like it seems like there's there's going to be a lot of people. So I want to see the cards. I want to see what everyone's got going. Um, you know, Eric was telling me he thinks was, there e there will easily be a million dollars worth in cards, and I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. I mean, I I had about twenty three people that answered that they will be attending. Some of them were pending. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't really care how many people are going. I just as long as the people that are there are, are you know fundamentally they want to be there and. And we could get a lot of network. The big because the biggest thing with me is networking. I think that's mm -hmm. the even before cards is the priority of the hobby mm -hmm. to be able to actually you know uh, have constructive you know conversations with other people and and because it's hard with with hobbies like you know with like geeks like us it's, it's kind of hard <laughs> to, to, to who are you gonna talk to nobody nobody understands especially in my nuclear in my nuclear family nobody understands. <laughs> I know I know same here. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. The, the networking is going to be really great. I, I'm really excited for that because honestly, like I've never felt, I know like, especially with COVID, you know, people haven't really been able to go out and see other people. And I was having a conversation with my family and they're like, oh, I feel so bad for young people because they don't get to go out and meet people. And I'm like, dude, I've never felt more connected. Like I'm talking to somebody every single day about Pokemon, <laughs> which is, it's just so much fun. I really like, I met some good folks. So yeah, absolutely. The same here. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Well, I mean, it'll be good to see you then. Um, come, come August, August 20th, I think I've the been 20, 21st. I've, 21st. Okay. 20, yeah. I've 20 been, and 21st. 20th and 21st. Okay. I've been trying to tell people about it just because it'd be really cool to actually put faces to names and just have conversations in real life. Um, are you going to try to sell or trade any of your cards? No, I don't want to sell. Um, I have a couple of things for sale, mm -hmm. but I'm almost, I'm in a, I'm in a situation now where I'm contemplating even taking everything down. It's just, oh, cause really? now I think now is the time to buy. I don't think it's the time to sell anything. Yeah. Um, I would agree with that. I've actually had conversations with others before and I think like within the next few months, it also seems like a good time to buy, especially once cards start to hit the market. I mean, well, so slabs, <laughs> once slabs start to really hit the market because I've seen people, this was a few months ago, I've seen people have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of CGC slabs that literally they've not been able to put on eBay because they just don't have the time. Um, and so, like, I'm, I'm real interested to see how the market reacts to the supply that will come. I mean, once PSA really starts to come back and and CGC cards start to really come back. I'm curious to know what you think on that. Um, as far as like when slabs start to really hit the market. Well, we already seen a portion of them of that take place already. So for example, there hasn't been a lot of movement as far as the PSA. Well, it's actually gotten extremely stringent. So you're mm -hmm. starting to see PSA to give to, uh, gem mints is very, very scarce. Some populations have moved two, three, and we've received a lot of bulks, a lot of bulks coming in from last year. Like I got 50 cards that I submitted in June, which is mm -hmm. like a really long time. But uh, which is crazy because the it was so long that the spike was in the middle of the, of the grading process. So, yeah. uh, and now it's in the slump. But I mean, it is what it is. This is part, mm -hmm. part of the whole hobby, but I don't see it. It depends how you collect. A lot of people I know collect seven eights nine or whatever type of grades and that's fine i mean everybody has their own niche i'm personally a psa 10 collector mm -hmm. so i don't get hit as hard with the fluctuations of the market which is probably something we're going to get into because there's a lot of things happening with the market right now good and bad mm -hmm. yeah yeah um absolutely i mean they're they're there are so many, there's so many ways we could take the conversation, in all honesty, just because, you know, I have some hobby friends that think, you know, even though, even though we're going to see a huge, massive flood over the next, like from now until the end of the year, and maybe beyond that, you know, as, you know, bulk grading starts to really come in, um, you know, a lot of us are, are really worried because, you know, it's going to be a huge supply that's going to hit the market. It's going to drive prices down. But you got to remember, though, too, a lot of people are sending in cards that have never sent in cards before. They don't know how to grade. And so you can see a lot of, you know, not even near mint cards probably hit the market. We're going to see, I don't know, 
I know some people predict that we're going to see uh, huge increases in populations for six, sevens, maybe fives, you know? <laughs> so, so like to, to your point, because you're, you're a mint, a gem mint collector, you know, you're not going to see much movement at all. Roger, I mean, the, the movement as far as the gem mints, because I'm more gem mint exclusively. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I have dealt in, or dove in into you know sevens and eights, but that's more if I see trophy cards or something like that. Mm, yeah. And I did the nine thing, and I think I probably got. I knew, I knew theoretically that I should not have bought in the nine market at specific times, but the hype was so big that I just decided. Hold on, I almost tricked myself into saying, "I this could actually get even worse." Mm-hmm. Before, but I always predicted that it was it was going to have a market correction. I just didn't think it was going to be this huge, this impactful, Mm -hmm. but it's only been for a specific set. So we're only talking about specifically base set that's had, that's had the huge bulk of the hit. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And, and I mean, and I mean, to, to your point too, you know, your strategy and how you collect, I know you say a lot of people can collect differently, but I mean, other than the fact that you collect, you know, the things that you like, but you also try to mitigate, you know, your risk within that by trying to get the gem mints because, you know, there's a ton of cards out there. And, and so and so if you want to get, um, you know, cards that have the lowest supply or have the chances, the, the lowest chances of increasing in supply over time, you know, you want to stick to the gem mints. I mean even thinking about, gosh, what was that Charizard? It was a top sun Charizard, right? It The population went from one to two. Uh, Roger, the tops are no number <laughs> blue bag. No number blue bag, yeah. And just to see the price difference, it, it was something, the first sale for it was something like 400K, right? Around that. It was like, 482, I think. 482, okay. And then, and then to see the subsequent price drop, um, after the population, you know, doubled, <laughs> even though it's still freaking tiny. I mean, it, it doubled and just to see the, the retrace on that, it really hurts my heart, you know? <laughs> well, it wasn't just that. That's a lot of thing. It, there's a lot of nuances that go into that card because that first of all, mm-hmm. yes, it was a pop one and turned into a pop two. And people think that's a small thing, but it doubled. So mm-hmm. <laughs> don't think about it. It went from one to two. Just think if it was a hundred now it went to 200. Think about it in that sense. A thousand now is two thousand. It's just doubled. Mm-hmm. So that obviously, if you had two buyers that were competing against each other, well, whatever they wanted to pay was the limit. That I mean, it, the sky was the limit based on those two uh, guys, guys or gals. But once you take one out of the one out of that that equation, and now you got two cards, now it's it's whatever gives. So <laughs> in that yeah. sense, you have that. You have the fact that also the cards, there was a lot of uh, misrepresentation about there's still no clarity if it was the first release ever, the first time you ever saw Charizard. Was it the the first set ever to come out of Japan? So there's a lot of things that go into the card. It's still, and that's without mentioning that the auction style was different. So in the first auction, every time there was a bid, I, I believe it, it started, it, it refreshed the time 30 more minutes. So I could, for example, there was a countdown, three, two, one, I bid a hundred thousand, 30 more minutes were added to the countdown. Oh, 
Okay. Versus the other auction, it just it just ended extremely fast. So you didn't have mm-hmm. that that people you know that time for people to actually get more interested and bid up more. So the, it's not as easy as it just went down sixty eight percent or whatever percent it was. Is a lot of nuances that go into it. So so are you saying that there's some dispute between Bluebacks being the first? Yes. Really? Okay, so tell me. Tell me. Wh- where is this coming from? Well, if you look at some videos, you got SM Pratt talking about this. I think TCA has hinted on it as well. The card, the, the number, the date number on the card is 1995. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not mistaken, the patent date for the rights for them to actually print the sets was 1996 or 7. I, it's one of the two. I'm not exactly sure which one. If it was 1997, impossible for it to be the first release. But there's a lot of things that go into it. It's Japan. Sometimes we apply U.S. standards to something that was released (laughs) 20-plus years in Japan, which who knows how they processed their patents and everything over there. Maybe it was released. Maybe it was. And I'm not trying to go either or because obviously I'm biased to it because I have a lot of pop one no number of cards. I got the Yeah, Mewtwo. you're Mewtwo. <laughs> I got the Polyrath. I got Ponita, Electabuzz. I got a lot of PSA 10s. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a little bit biased to it. But I just, I personally, I bought them because of the historical significance. A lot of cards, sometimes you just got to step away. Because I don't, personally, it, and people might jump on me. I'm not the best fan of the artwork of Thompson. Mm-hmm. At all. At all. Mm-hmm. The only card that I could say, I love that artwork, it's the Pikachu. Oh, okay. And I mean mm-hmm. the 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 hollow foil one, the one that he's like jumping up. I was gonna say, is it the jumping up Pikachu? Yeah, that yeah, one. Because I have a, a blue back PSA ten. I have two green back PSA tens, and it looks nice, but it's not the it's not the my my my. Preferred. You say it so casually. <laughs> oh yeah, and 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 the and I'm missing the 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 no number Pikachu. And oh. That one, and that but that one is property of Jeremy Pthauer. I was gonna say, yeah. Yeah, is, is only his one. one of one? Yeah. yeah, one of one. Okay, yeah. And to be <laughs> honest, personally, I think, obviously this is subjective and this is my personal opinion. People are going to say this is blasphemy. But I think the Pikachu is actually a better card than the Charizard. Not because the Charizard now is Pop 2 versus the Pikachu staying at Pop 1. But the amount of demand of collectors of Pikachu is far exceeds Charizards. A lot of people that collect Charizards just collected for ego or reputation mm-hmm. versus them actually loving it. A lot of Pikachu collectors, well, the majority of tattoos I've seen is, is of Pikachu. Is not <laughs> so that tells you a lot. Oh, man. yeah. You know, honestly, you know, I, I'm sure you may have triggered some people with that statement, but I... I mean, I can't, I can't really disagree with it because, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I see more Pikachu tattoos out there, like you said, that compared to the Charizard. And I mean, you know, the Charizard is absolutely a flex, right? And, yeah. and I guess I kind of think of it too, like, you know, when we, when we do though, talk about the Pikachu and the Charizard, we are talking about like the, like the, maybe the LeBron and the, and the Michael Jordan, you know, of Pokemon. So I mean, they're still great, great damn characters. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see because now, obviously, we have newer generations, younger generations of of Pokemon um, collectors that are coming in, that will be coming in in the next 10, 20 years. It'll be really interesting to see 
how they react to the Pokemon in the Charizard, because depending on what they ingest of the brand could impact how they see those cards, right? Because, because they grew up with with generations from like you know different cards we we grew up with the base set so to us that's the holy grail and right. it and it makes sense because we we built connections with those so i'm curious to see if you know like if someone does a survey later on in the future you know how how those cards you know charizard and pokemon or P pikachu will rank uh with the newer generation of of uh, collectors i mean i think that there'll still definitely absolutely be holy grails but you know maybe they like different starters well th the thing is if you start if because charizard was obvious uh, is in, in the past was always the strongest pokemon mm -hmm. that's out the window by far mm -hmm. so in that sense all you have is the adorable character ash ketchum's psychic pikachu <laughs> which till this day is is uh in english how do you say protagonist and protagonista yeah yeah protagonist the protagonist mm -hmm. so he's always a primary a, a primary key piece of the pokemon franchise I, I would argue he's more important he is the he's Pikachu the face. is the face of the franchise mm -hmm. so <clears throat> i apologize so with that even till this even the newer generation like my daughter she loves pokemon she loves like i can't talk about she likes squirtle <laughs> and stuff like that she thinks are cute Mm -hmm. But you talk about Chikorita, Total Dial, and that sort of thing. Like that is, <laughs> they're cute. They're that she just loves those. Those are her favorite. Yeah, mm -hmm. but she always has Pikachu. Like if I show her any Pikachu related, Pikachu boss, Pikachu firefighter, <laughs> stuff like that, she just adores it. Like she just mm -hmm. falls in love with it. So Pikachu will always, and that's why I always say Pikachu. Eventually, I think will be, the, is the thing. It's just the thing because. It's beyond generations. And I don't mean generations in Pokemon. I mean beyond generation of ages, baby mm -hmm. boomers or millennials, generation, you know what I mean? It, it 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 because it's in every single one of them. Right. So when right. kids start to want to connect, collect, they're gonna see and the and the good thing that Nintendo has continued to do is release exclusive Pika delivery Pikachu. So they they're maintaining they know that there's something there and they need to, you know, cultivate it and, and make sure it grows out good with the newer generations with our, you know, kids and all that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, in all honesty, like, you know, going back to your thought that, you know, Pikachu is honestly over time going to show us that, that they are the one, you know, that is the Pokemon, the Pokemon. Um, I bought a whole bunch of, I started buying a whole bunch of the, um, the card ass vending machine cards. Yeah. You, uh, mentioned you know, last time they were gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually did. And I got just a whole bunch of Pikachu cards. Like I just, I got, I got, it's from the anime series. So I think that makes it vending series five. Bending series five, I think. And so it's just moments from the anime. So I've got like the Pikachu and the Charizard, you know, Pikachu and Ash, you know, P P Pikachu and Bellsprout. Like I was just buying Pikachu just because, um, you know, they, they were PSA 10 slabs. I know that, I know the, the card ass vending series cards, they tend to, you know, there tends to be a lot of fakes out there. And I was also reading an article too that PSA and VGS have been known to also grade and authenticate fake cards, which thank freaking God I did because I, I bought a PSA 10 of a Victor and a Pikachu surfing. It was so cute. You know, you just, you got to get like the surfing Pikachus. And, uh, and then, <laughs> oh, see, see, that's, <laughs> see, that's a cutie one. That's a, is that, 
which which series is that from? No, this which is a set? sticker. This animation sticker for two thousand. Oh, okay. I was gonna say it almost looked like tops. I'm like, that is not a normal set. I love it. <laughs> I have, I have. Uh, these are just the ones that came in today. So yeah. Well, if you look at this, is the two thousand and ten surfing, but this is from the world's championship. Yeah, yeah, that one's such a cool one. I saw, um, I saw you post that on Instagram. I can't remember when, but you did, and I was just like, "Holy crap! I love the art. It's so cute. It's just so cute." It, that art style kind of reminds me of the. I always say the artist's name wrong, but it's like the Isha Ishamuki ones, those Japanese ones where the artist draws himself into the art, and it's mm -hmm. really silly. Do you know which ones I'm talking yes, about? Those yes. are fun. Those are so much fun. I always say his name wrong. I don't think I really know it, but um, and I'm not wait. gonna say it because then I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, to your point, like for me personally, I've definitely been kind of chasing some really cool, interesting more niche pikachus um because you know like what we were just talking about those cards are a little bit harder to find those populations are a little bit lower <laughs> um you know so building in some risk so <laughs> so depending on you know hopefully you got in at a good entry point but you know not well, necessarily I mean, losing money i've bought pikachus at really high prices Mm -hmm. so not the best probably not the best i'm probably setting the records on some of them <laughs> so and i and then the market is dipping so a lot of people are saying you're just crazy and maybe that's maybe it's true so uh, sometimes you gotta what i do is because a lot of people say i'm a collector i'm not an investor so i just buy what i want and that's it but i mm -hmm. it, 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 and that's okay and then there's other people that are flippers and then there's people that are just investors uh-huh i think the best way to do it is to be a collector but treat it as a flipper and an investor mm -hmm. so for example be a true collector which we are and then use the 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 strategies that a flipper and, and a collector might use to better maximize your your buying potential and all that so and obviously the growth of cards so there's a lot of cards that i sometimes buy that i don't even like and I might buy, you know, for example, I could get, uh, let's say, seven PSA nine Shadowless Magnetons. You're mm -hmm. like, but uh, why are you getting nine or six or whatever? It's just cheap. So I'll just hang on to them now, buy them out, hang on to them, trade them la later for something that I do like. So mm -hmm. you, you have that trade leverage to utilize. So you use like the flipper and the invest, uh, more of a flipper mm -hmm. aspect in that sense and it works towards your favor so sometimes you got to use all the tools in your hand at your disposal to maximize the collecting hobby because this is getting expensive to a to a back to two right you know <laughs> magic of the gathering is probably going to be like you say all right the black lotus or whatever but let's see when a psa 10 illustrator pikachu comes out let's see what happens it will never oh come God. out it's never going to be able it's going to be for sale but if it were you could just imagine what it would hit Oh my God. Yeah. I, I, people will go, people go insane. <laughs> no, people will be, lose their minds. <laughs> yeah, I, will, I don't even know how, like I could, I don't even know what guesstimate is a good guesstimate for, for the, for the only PSA 10 Pikachu illustrator. Cause I think there's one, if I'm not mistaken, there's only one. I and might it, be and wrong. it's graded by PSA. And it's graded by PSA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know the pops on that one, but I mean, I agree with you. I, I don't know how you how you even begin to 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 value the the cost of that card right now. 
right? Because I feel like sometimes too, uh, when people talk about valuations of cards, sometimes I feel like they're, they're also putting in some future pricing into it. Because I mean, even if I think about my Fortnite promo set, right? It's all graded PSA 9s, PSA 10s, except for, you know, nine cards out of that 10 set is graded. And, and so for right now, to me, in my eyes, it's like almost a $20,000 uh, card set just because it's highly graded. It was one of the first few, you know, of that set to get graded. Um, it's definitely coveted as far as that goes. We'll see, you know, as cards come back, how big the populations actually are, because right now it's really tiny. Last time I checked, it was like 70 for the entire, the entire set, the, the oh, entire wow. population. Yeah. So it's really tiny, but I mean, it's still relatively new, so mm -hmm. things can change. But I mean, that doesn't mean that right now at this time, I feel like I could actually get 20,000. I mean, it probably, if, if I were to try it on eBay, it would probably sit there for a while. <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> you know, you're, just waiting you're, for you're the right assuming, buyer. You're assuming potential growth into, into the equation, mm -hmm. which you, you, you must do that. You must do that even before you post or list anything so for example i bought this card uh this uh pikachu sticker sealed ass from 1997 mm -hmm. 9.5 i think nice i think i paid like 230 dollars 260 dollars for it mm. and i was actually baffled that it went to that price i know the stickers are really cheap but because it's 1997 sometimes you just gotta buy it because they've been sitting for so many years when they get graded for them to get that's a gem mint so for them to get a gem mint is going to be so so hard so it's better just to pay for it now and and just i'll sit i'll sit on well a lot of cars that i get i just give it to my kids i have a, a storage for them so i just store a lot of inventory that i that i that i think look i even if they give me let's say i have a car and i think it's undervalued and i mm -hmm. do not want to sell it i just say okay i, I prefer you know just wait no, no, I like I just take the oh. loss and I gift it to my kids. So the you know, oh. so like it's, if they want to sell it or they want to play with them when they're when they're you know show them off when they're adults or whatever. So it's just literally they're not mine anymore; they're theirs, and I write them off per se. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I gotcha. I mean, I could see why you do that, you know, because it's not just about the money; it's about you know having cool things, things you like, and then also sharing those moments with your kids. I mean, I know you've mentioned. Um, you know, you and Dulce open up a ton of packs, <laughs> you yeah. know, she's probably opened up thousands of dollars worth in packs, maybe, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. well, yeah, I, I you know, it, that's why, that's why I really like having you on because it's not just about the money, even though you can speak to it on that level, you don't always look at it that way. I, I you know, you always seem to be one of those collectors that has a really nice balance between collecting versus investing and for me over the years, uh, you know, I've been growing like my investor muscles to, to, to your point, you know, collect the things that you want, the things that you like, but then also try to balance that or approach it, approach buying cards like an investor or like a flipper. Um, and so that's something that I've been working on uh, for myself because it, it's just one of those things. It, you, you, I mean, if we're talking about building nest eggs with these collections, which, you know, we could like, mm -hmm. they, they kind of are, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not as liquid as maybe other types of investments, but you know, you really do want to be smart about it. I mean, you know, there, there's things out there that I've bought that I, you know, 
impulse splurge FOMO needed it right now you know now looking back on it I think I overpaid but I mean we all have those moments but to balance that kind of consumer like collector part of it you know with a little bit of you know a flipper investment mentality is always nice on your on your wallet and you can buy more <laughs> that's that and that's the that's the you have to look at it in my in my opinion you have to have the three collector mm -hmm. because the collector gives you the the, the knowledge Mm -hmm. The the flipper gives you the la maña. How do you say the the militia? The, like the, the mindset. The, oh no, maña is like the street smarts to uh -huh. how to maximize a flip or or maximize. And then the investment tells you how long and projections, and you can project out and, and forecast a thing. So you have to do the three. You have to use the three to maximize your purchase power. And mm -hmm. that's the uh, that's the way I, I I look at everything, but mostly Pokemon. I mean. If if you if I don't look at it that way, I would never have uh, been able to acquire my personal collection because I'm mm -hmm. not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination. So the only way I was able to get expensive cards was by getting cards that I didn't want, flipping certain cards, investing in certain cards, selling certain cards, and trading some of my personal collection to get to the higher levels. And I'm not I'm not even close to any of these you know you know big. Uh, whales or anything like that but i'm happy where i'm at and i and and i'm just happy seeing the, the the growth process and seeing that look a lot of people that i know that that because a lot of people the past year a lot of people were pokemon gurus right and the thing with that is everybody thought they knew what the hell they were doing and i'm sorry for saying no, but <laughs> it's okay. they, they knew they thought they knew what they were doing but a year ago, you could basically bought absolutely anything Pokemon, and it was going to grow substantially. Yeah, without any thought, without, without any. any... Mm -hmm. So it's basically you, if if you throw it at the wall, you know, uh, or cheekly, uh, uh, a gum at the wall is going to stick. So just yeah. buy whatever, and you're going to flip it and make money. But a lot of people now, or a month ago till now, are like, "Oh my god, I lost everything." <laughs> Because I was making a lot of money. I thought I knew what I was doing. I refinanced my house. I did a cash out. I did a personal loan or whatever. Because there's a lot of cases. I maxed out my credit cards because I was making so much money on the other, on the, on the, my initial investments that I put my credit into it. And now it, I went, I went, I listened to Logan Paul. No offense to Logan Paul. I mean, I don't have any issue with him, whatever. But if you go by people that are just, fanatics and they don't actually see the market as and that's my point you have to look at it as an investor because you have to see the downfalls the red flags and all that to get you prepared for for the because in, in like in puerto rico we say the fat cow and the skinny cow last year was mm -hmm. the fat cow and now these past months are the skinny cows so you always have to be ready for the skinny cows to survive and be able mm -hmm. to get fat again so mm -hmm. that's where we're at now hopefully a lot of people will see it as a market correction and it's not everything it's basically it's just base set yeah because it was hyped to the maximum degree and now obviously you don't i don't know if you noticed that there's a lot of people content that's been back in the day uh, back in a, let's say four or six months ago content was pushed out left and right yeah social media content of uh, uh twitch YouTube, it was nonstop. Logan Paul here, somebody there, <laughs> guru, collectors guru here. There was always something. I don't care if it's positive or negative. Any any type of thing that's in the hobby is, is good 
because mm-hmm. it, it brings attention to the hobby. And now there's been a massive decrease to that. I don't know if you noticed yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that, there's a lot of things that that drives down prices. A lot of people bought base set when it was Logan Paul, the whole hype thing. And uh, obviously, gonna be, there's going to be a market correction, and it's happening. The, I, didn't, I never thought it was going to be to this degree, to be honest. I thought it might dip 25%, but this is ridiculous. I mean, this is, this is scary for a lot of people that invested on first edition low grades. This is crazy. I mean, right. crazy. Yeah. You know, what's what's interesting, though, uh, to, to your point, it being a market correction, you know, if, if something retraces 40 percent, that still doesn't mean it's a bubble. And and I've had this conversation with a few other people, which is funny that we obviously bring up the whole bubble conversation because, you know, retraces and, and healthy corrections don't mean bubbles. I mean, there's a lot of people stuck holding the bag because they bought at the height. And that really sucks for those people. I mean, hang on to it for a little longer. You know, it's possible that those prices can get to that point. And so maybe you can, you know, get back your initial investment and maybe a little bit more. I don't know. I don't I, I don't know if with this correction, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. I don't know what this correction, if that means that we, you know, have we hit a ceiling so far with cards? Um, at least for this interim, like, you know, short term, I, I know that I'm sure we can expect to see growth, but, but, you know, right now is this kind of like a new, or I guess, I guess maybe it would be a new floor, right? Because well, I, mean, go ahead. I, I mean, it's kind of hard to say, cause a lot of people say, look, it was a bubble, but people were actually buying the things. It wasn't that the government was loaning them money or, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it was uh-huh. actual, like, people were were buying the things. So mm-hmm. it tells you the potential is there. It's just, I would say this is the, the, the healthiest thing that could happen to the hobby. And it's better to happen, happen, happen now, fix the thing, and mm-hmm. let's get back to the healthy hobby, the true collectors. So a lot of people, I, I just didn't expect it this much. Mm-hmm. I, I thought... And I'm gonna say it. A lot of people. I'm gonna get a lot of hate in in this, but I wouldn't. I could never put the price that. Let's say the Charizard was selling at three three hundred and fifty four hundred thousand dollars PSA ten mm-hmm. first edition. I can never put that value on that card. Not because I don't think it could reach four hundred thousand dollars, because it's so different than the other cards. Mm-hmm. And, and let me put it. There's not. If it was that there was a different ratio that the Charizard was actually printed at a significantly lower ratio than a Chansey or a Hitmonchan or whatever, then I get that it has that that significant that's that much of a significance of a premium or a factor of whatever X amounts. But just because it's Charizard doesn't justify four hundred thousand dollars. And let's say the Chansey sold that at the hype; it was sixty thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Chansey is the actual the lowest pop. It's the hardest <laughs> card to grade. Yeah, because so of the you, uh, delicacy yes. of the foil. Yeah. So you're talking about that this one is at least what five times less than the Charizard. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense. So I'm not saying that we hit the peak. I'm saying I'm saying that it should be relative. So mm-hmm. I think Chansey is an undervalued card, and I know people are going to say but if it's going down i don't i never i I don't understand why the psa 10s are going down 
I understand why the PSA 9s, 8s, and 7s are going down. I always thought it was ridiculous for them to grow to the degree they did because mm. the populations were astronomical. Uh-huh. Compared to the, the 10. Yeah. yeah, I mean, compared because the 10s, you know, you got at maximum 150 population in some of them and below that. But pop nines, we're talking about thousands and, and eights, thousands and thousands of cards. <laughs> uh-huh. So this, but at least I look at it as at least we know the the amount of potential it has as far as the reach. So if enough people were able to buy nines and eights and sevens, imagine what's going to happen with the tens. I know that they're dipping now, but they should not be dipping. Not the Zapdos. Not the, the Charizard should, in my estimation, but not not a Nittle King, a Magneton. You know, we're talking about some of them I've seen sell for 5K. And and you're still talking about a card that's historical significance with a Pokemon hobby is, is creme de la creme. Uh-huh. And based on sets, it's, 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 that's it. And you're talking about $5,000 for the Gemman example of this card? What is the possibilities of zap those doubling and doubling in, 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 in pop? It's probably zero or none. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not going to double in pop. So I, I, I understand why the nines, eights, and sevens dipped to the degree they, they have. I do not understand why the tens are doing it. And usually when something lifts up the flag and tells you this is, this is wrong, it's, pro- it's a hint that there's going to be another correction maybe the other way. So maybe there's a correction with PSA nines. And people are panic selling. And that's why sometimes you got to look, step back and say, all right, I'm not going to buy anything. Let me just study the market. What exactly is happening? Right, right, right. So a PSA, a PSA 8 Zard right now, I think it's at auction at like Mm $12,800. A PSA 8 Charizard, there's like 10,000 of them. And then a PSA 10, uh, let's put, for example, uh, just the uh, uh, like. Let's put a hypothesis in place. A PSA ten Zapdos first edition Shadowless sells for five thousand dollars. How does that make sense? I know it's Zard, but there's still thousands and thousands of them versus a hundred Zapdos, for example. Right. So, you know, and honestly, I've been having that conversation. The what you're talking about right now, I've been having that conversation with the shadowless cards because you know they're they were the the populations of those cards for a lot of them are a lot less for the gem mint cards compared to the first edition. So, you know, like, like, how do you explain how do you explain that difference in value, right? Because, because to me, it, it makes me feel like they're incredibly undervalued when you look at you know, the differences between between even the Charizard, you know, PSA 10, Shadowless versus the first edition, you know, like that stamp, if we're going by scarcity is king and condition is queen, you know, wh- why is there this disparity? Because I'm pretty sure I'd have to look again just to confirm, um, but I'm pretty sure the PSA 10 Charizard Shadowless is a lower pop than the, um, than the first edition. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. So, so then it's, it's like, like how do you explain that? Yeah. How, how do you explain, that? <laughs> you know, like, well, like, because remember condition is queen, uh, uh, and popular, uh, scarcity is king, but demand is, is God in, in, in that sense. So the demand is everything. Demand could be driven by hype. Demand could be driven by art set demand by character and all that. Mm-hmm. So the demand has to be there. 
in that sense, I love Shadowless personally, but it's a niche mm -hmm. market. It the demand is, is is niche, so you have to take that in consideration. Will it eventually get to a higher demand? I'm not even sure. I, I Shadowless might peak because the amount of people that historically first edition is always going to have a demand because is the first set in English ever released. Mm -hmm. No rarity is going to have is even though it's niche, it's going to have its audience because it's the first set ever released period in whatever language so there's there i look at it historically and then is 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 the historical significance gonna equate to demand in the future so when my mm -hmm. daughter is 18 years old or let's say 30 years old that she was usually people and tend to collect things that they collected with their parents or in their youth so mm -hmm. she's probably if it collecting anything is going to be 100 pokemon and I think about it like what was she like what would she collect specifically? I think it's gonna be hidden fates. I think yeah. it's gonna be hidden fates. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely gonna be hidden fates. All right, what else? Uh shining fates, she liked it. And then she's gonna say, Yeah, this doesn't this this is good, but it, it brings nostalgia, daddy and mommy, and but I want I want the big stuff, the big thing, because now I'm a Pokemon collector. So what am I going to fetch? All right. I want the first edition. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. usually the first thought. If you're going to get become a true collector, the first step is first edition base set. Right, right. Some people usually say, look, I'm going to go unlimited. Uh, uh, usually Shadowless is not even in the conversation. It's usually first edition and base set unlimited. That's why Shadowless is such a niche market. And I love it. I think... The Charizard, I, I sold all mines and I had a lot. I, I just, when I saw the Zard was like $100,000, I'm like, yo, yeah, it's not going to happen. So I'm going to just quit and, and, and sell them out because I'm, I'm not, mm -hmm. it's not that I don't think that the Charizard Shadowless is worth. I just, I'm not going to take $100,000 to buy a Charizard. And I right. just decided to sell them. So, so then do you think that demand is also playing a role in why, you know, the Charizard is the card that's selling for more than you know the chancy or the zapdos or the magneton yeah i mean but it's demand based on hype mm -hmm. so like i mentioned a lot of people just want the charizard because when they see a video of whatever youtuber they they're saying that the card that you should want is the charizard is this one yeah yeah it's not and it probably if you ask a lot of the these these people or these influencers in person like what's your favorite pokemon a lot of people say blastoise venusaur mewtwo charizard is not even the card it's, uh -huh. it's weird how I, it got i don't i i can't remember when i was a kid i knew charizard <laughs> was always you know like a badass and all this but i don't i don't recall how it just transitioned into it being what it is what it is yeah yeah i mean Honestly, like part of me would think that, oh, you know, here, you know, in the West side of things, we like dragons, you know, boys like the dragons. But I mean, to your point, though, I mean, so on a surface level, you would think, okay, well, that's it. We like dragons. And so the fire dragon is going to be the most popular shit. Honestly, I think the water dragon, Gyarados, is much better. Um, in my opinion, if I had to pick between the two, but, um, yeah, to your point, I mean, it's really interesting that people don't cite Charizard as being their most 
their 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 most beloved card you know their most their their favorite you know pokemon out of it all which is really interesting i mean i know a few people that do like charizard is their favorite that's their guy and that's and that's totally cool but yeah i, I think you know i don't know i don't know is it is it gary that went on pawn stars is is it that moment in time i i don't know because he had he well, had I mean, it, it was those... before gary it, because i think it, it was before Gary. because even gary if i'm not mistaken gary's favorite pokemon is venusaur oh is it yeah it's actually remember. it's actually venusaur and uh <laughs> so even but he collected charizard I, and charizard was not the best card for the game itself for the trading card game so yeah. as far as the battles at all so in that sense Sometimes you and it's not the scarcest one. I, 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 chance he is. A lot of it's kind of that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to pinpoint <laughs> just for for argument's sake. Like exactly when did we get here? When we get when did we get to to the Charizard being six X? What the, mm -hmm. the secondary card is? Because you can make a, a case that Chancey is probably nobody's favorite card. As far as the character, it was an egg. But then you can make an argument that it's just on scarcity alone. It grades so horribly that yeah. it has to maintain. I, and I would make an argument that this, the 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 most expensive card should be the chance, mm -hmm. based on rarity alone. Ba based on scarcity, and they they grade horribly, so it should. Do be you that feel card. that way about the Hitmonchan too? Because that was played with so often in decks. Well, and this, I, I, let me make a point before I get to that. The majority of people that I speak with from my families that don't know anything about Pokemon, I mean, at all. Uh -huh. When I, I show them the Pokemon, like, they, everybody knows Pikachu, even them, like, because my, a lot of people in my family are like really, you know, like thugged out or gangster or whatever. And they're, oh, yeah, that, that's a Pikachu. That, I don't, and a lot of people, they they don't like any of them. That's like what I show them the 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 Charizard. They're like, I, I, doesn't do anything for yeah. me. Yeah. But Hitmonchan, they like. Yeah. I don't. It may be something with the gloves, and they like Blastoise because of like you know the guns coming out of the the, the thing. <laughs> but that's about it. And yeah. anything uh, aside from, and that's sometimes you got to look at it from that perspective, like because what are the the future generations gonna like from this Pokemon from these Pokemon specifically? Uh huh. So, but I, I lost my train of thought. I was going to actually address something you said, and I forgot. <laughs> oh man, sorry, I got us sidetracked. Um, but but you were you were saying before we talked about him on Chin, you were saying that just based on scarcity alone and grading of the gem mint alone for the Chansey card, that should be the most expensive card. And yes. for whatever reason, it's not because <laughs> well, no one we really know, cares. We know, for, we know the reason, but mm -hmm. we don't know when it happens. So we know it's just based on yeah, hype and yeah. ego trips. And, you know, it's just bumping up the chest and saying, this is, you know, <laughs> I have the Charizard. Uh -huh. But it's not the best card. It was never the best card on the set. It was never the best card to play. It was never the hardest card to grade. Really, it's not the best artwork. Some people could, you could argue that, but it's the majority of people, if you do a survey, like like you said, they like uh, Blastoise, Venusaur, Gary, Mewtwo. Like Mewtwo is probably an Alakazam. Are huge, huge. Uh, I love but, Mewtwo, and but it's really rare yeah. that you, a lot of people do not say Charizard. I know I have people that said it, but not the majority of people mm -hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with you there because I mean even for myself, you know Charizard's all right, all right. I like Pikachu, but he's not nearly my favorite. It's honestly my favorite Pokemon, fighting Pokemon. So 
Machamp, Hitmonlin, Hitmon, you know. I just like to walk it. And... You're breaking up a little bit. Let me see here. You're breaking up. Just I just went. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Now. Now we're good to okay. go. Okay. Sorry about that. My my internet decided to do a thing. Um. But no you worries. know something. Some. <laughs> you know something that I wanted to talk to you about because talking about historical significance of cards and buying those cards with historical significance. Um, I always go back to the 1998 demo packs, and I've had this conversations with a number of people, and I think like we 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 might have. Um, you know, exchanged uh, some comments on IG briefly, like a number of months ago, because I've been trying to freaking figure it out. The, you know, the the demo packs, I, I don't own any of those cards. I don't own any of those packs. But like, to me that, it, like other than having, to me, in my opinion, Shadowless packs, because I really, really like Shadowless, uh, getting those 1998 demo packs are also another holy grail of mine that I want to get to at some point, <laughs> you know, fingers crossed. But but with those cards and those being the first technical English print and those being all shadowless cards, um, I mean, you know, for, for anyone who doesn't know, you can actually go online and see what was in those demo packs. But, but is there, A, do you own any of those cards? And B, can you actually tell a difference in, like, it doesn't have to be labeled differently, but can you physically tell a difference, like spot one of those cards out versus from the shadowless print? No. No, they look exactly the same. If I'm not mistaken, they're exactly the same. I had a demo pack, and I think I got it. What was the price? I know it was something ridiculously stupid, like cheap, like extremely oh. cheap. Yeah, it was like yeah. it was hundreds. Yeah. And, um, and now they're going for a hell of a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and uh, and I bought, I had bought two of them, and I sold them. One of them had a little nick on them, but if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken, they're they're just shadowless cards and the, the funny thing is that the cards the first release was shadowless mm -hmm. yeah then yeah. the shadowless cards were sent off to get a first edition stamp so and essentially the first is it's actually shadowless then first edition then base and unlimited if you want to use it in that way but it, it in put reality out to the, put out to the market <laughs> was first edition shadowless yeah. then base it but demo packs it, the historical significance um, uh, huge demo mm -hmm. packs um uh trainer deck uh, a and b yeah huge yeah. uh the pikachu do i have one here please tell me i have one here are I you talking I, about the e3 pikachu the, the e3 i want that one because those, <laughs> that's from the e, the the e3 convention mm -hmm. that Obviously. release wasn't it in like early 99 or it might have been in 98 when that card i can't recall specifically what it, it might have been late 98 early 99 because it was actually to to sell the product it was actually to to sell the fir the first edition set base set that was coming out and mm -hmm. those cards were the first it's almost like a pre-release you know what i mean like the first yeah. pre-release card english card that ever came out and i actually had i had i graded two and they gave psa 10 so uh thank goodness but i don't have them here now <laughs> dude oh my god those are <sighs> 
those are some cards that I want for sure. I really wish, I really, really wish that the cards from the demo packs look differently. I'm hoping to, when the convention comes around, I'm hoping to see some. Um, I'm hoping if I'm hoping to 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 maybe actually look at those those cards for real, for real, and and get them in front of me and look at the difference because, uh, you know, there was when I was really trying to learn and get more familiar with the different Pikachus, you know, like the ghost stamp, the thick stamp, you know, all those different variations. I mean, the, the, the Watsy stamp Pikachu, I was trying to, cause, cause I would love to get all of them. I would love to have all of them. Um, at some point, it's definitely a goal of mine to get like a master set of, but, um, it, it, so, so what I was trying to do was I had all these pictures of these Pikachus and I had like their eBay listings and I was looking at the sold listings. I was trying to figure out, okay, you know, why did this car sell more than this card? And, you know, it, it was just, it was a really great exercise in, in, in research and whatnot, just because sometimes you just need to do that. Sometimes you just need to put in that work to understand why this card was so much more valuable to the market at this point in time compared to this other card that looks exactly the same. Well, well, it, well not exactly the same, but you know, there are variations of those different Pikachus, but, but yeah, um, I don't know. I would love to get I would love to get a demo pack. My, my thought, you know, I, I don't know, feel free to disagree, but my thought is, is, you know, some, you know, there are obviously niche collectors and niche markets within Pokemon. And sometimes a thing can be so rare that it makes it too niche that that's a conversation that I had with Jeremy Pedauer, um earlier this year. And, and part of me feels like, yes, that's true. But also with the advent of the internet and how, and the fact that there are so many people out there with so much knowledge sharing that knowledge, you know, because this is very, you know, it's hard to get information like this sometimes. Sometimes you got to talk to OG collectors that have been in the game for a long time, you know, like you and Eric and, and SM Pratt and these other guys. But I, I kind of feel like, too, some of these cards can come out of being a niche just based on education or like market education. If a market isn't aware of something then becomes aware of something and then realizes that it's rare you know will that cause those collectors to then go out and you know buy those things driving up prices because you know now we have a higher demand and now you just you, you hit on the key point the majority of of cars that have strictly from an investment perspective that have grown the most are cars that were extremely niche that were mm -hmm. extremely they were not educated in the card. Like, let's say, for example, you buy, I don't want to say, I don't want to say some cards because I want to, I want to get them first before I, <laughs> I but, but let me, let me try to give an example. Let's say you have, uh -huh. people weren't aware of the, the trainer deck uh, Blastoise that is not a yeah. card and stuff like that. And the card was $200, mm -hmm. but it's really niche market. It's just a matter of time before the because everything is social media now and you can find education so easily that the 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 consumer base is going to get informed therefore exploring the market so it's going to have the multitude of growth so there's going to be risk involved maybe but you're never going to in stuff like that you might not gain because it, you didn't have the the patience to wait as long as you might or might might have to or whatever yeah but that that is if you're looking at strictly investment and just grow money and you just care about the money go to the niche markets go to the 
the really scarce cards that nobody want that nobody's familiar with at the moment buy them out and then just wait if the, and that, that's a little for the for the well flippers are not going to do that because flippers need money immediately right but if for long-term investors do that and you're going to have the majority of the growth just just do a portfolio do, do don't just buy one thing but diversify so you this one hits this year that one hits next year and you can maximize <laughs> so that's a little caveat for those that listen that just want to because a lot of people hate the investors or hate the flippers i think they're all necessary they help the hobby. I know mm-hmm. they, like, I hate it because in, in, in some sense, every time I go to Target or Walmart, I can't get my daughter anything new. Yeah. But aside from that, I, you know, sometimes you just got to buy it on eBay for more than MSRP. And that, it's just, it, it is what it is. Yeah, it, it is what it is type situation. Um, And, and I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I have a few sets that I've been, you know, looking at and, and taking, you know, kind of getting some good prices on because like what we were just talking about, this isn't a bad time to buy, you know? So, so, so building positions in certain, in certain sets that I think are really cool, like sets that I'd never heard of, especially gosh, darn the Japanese sets. There are so many Japanese sets that are very cool. And, And that's an interesting market too, because, you know, the Japanese cards in itself are pretty niche, but you know, I think, and and I had this conversation with Gary last year, but but we talked about how his thought was, and and he held this thought a while ago. I don't know if it's changed since, but you know, if you want to come from from a pure investment perspective, you want to stick to English cards versus Japanese cards because Japanese cards are too niche. But what I've been seeing, at least with the community that I've had around myself, gosh, Japanese cards are the coolest damn cards ever. And so you know, seeing those Japanese cards grow. Um, the tops on, you know, the blue backs and the green backs, you know, seeing those cards grow and get more attention is amazing because those are again, you know, historic cards. And I think, I think people can find some real good enjoyment, um, you know, learning more about the hobby, um, learning more about those sets, those sets of cards. I mean, those prism cards are so damn cool. Yeah. Um, the Bandai cards are so cool. Th- those are so interesting. The, the, the vending machine cards that that's something that I've really been on and really been looking at. I need to start buying sheets. I haven't bought any sheets yet. I don't know if you have, um, what much from that set. The, the, the vending, the card ass vending machine sheets, like in the series, the one through three series. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean like you these? can get, I think you're talking about like these. Uh, yeah, yeah. So those ones, those cards are peeled from sheets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't have any sheets, and I want to buy some of those, um, which are just you know just fun to freaking have. Like those are just so cool. I mean, yeah. Um, there, there's so many, there's so many random sets out there that are so niche that that you can collect a because they're fun and cool to collect and then to your point if you make sure to mitigate your entry point <laughs> if mm-hmm. you can if you're patient enough you can be rewarded in the future with with seeing a lot of growth and on top of that if you build a nice little position you know you can still keep some for your personal collection and then uh from what you said earlier you know trade or sell what you don't want or you don't need and then you know just grow your collection even more i'm convinced that 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 if you work at it you can get like the coolest most expensive cards through trades and and strategic maneuvering well i think i think i put in the business 
because I have the business and my personal collection. So I put in my per- in both in both the personal collection and my business because I didn't have a personal collection. I said I'm gonna buy some things and I'm gonna buy duplicates of it, mm-hmm. so I could get the first edition packs. So I mm-hmm. put I think I put like 20k in the in in in, in the quote unquote business whatever. I bought multiple duplicates of first edition hollow cards, like multiple because they were so cheap. So I just said, let me get this. It started going up. All right. So I got seven, you know, seven Mewtwo's. Why do I need seven Mewtwo's? So I'm going to sell six. All right. Mm-hmm. And then I got the, all right. So I sold the six. I bought a uh, uh, shiny Gyarados, shiny Magikarp, uh, Neo 4 Japanese. Cause I love the, sh- the Neo. So I'll put that personal. Those collection. are such good cards. Yeah. Then I kept moving i sold some of these some of that some of that, and personal collection here there but i still see because a lot of people hate they say no if you're in this you have to be a freaking collector you can't be in it for the money mm. and that's kind of it's kind of dumb and to a certain degree because if you don't look at the money then you're just so you're gonna pay 60 dollars for a 90 for a psa 9 charizard and you don't care if it's gonna go down is that really what you're saying? You have to yeah. be strategic with, with your positioning, or or you're gonna you're not gonna be able to do this for long. So yeah. in, in my sense, what I said is, look, I'm gonna flip and invest some of my inventory to be able to create my personal collection. And I did that. I did my personal. I have my personal collection, which is uh, much more than the 20k. And then my daughter's collection, which is much more than my than than the initial. So I just put like twenty, and I just knew exact. I I diversified. I didn't just do first edition, but good thing I did a lot of first edition because when it spiked, I moved a lot of it. I did a lot of Japanese. Japanese has been doing amazing now. So mm-hmm. you got English dipping, or base set English unlimited shadowless and first edition dipping dramatically, but then you have Japanese continuously growing. Mm-hmm. So that's why a lot of people, like I, I speak with a lot of the community, like a lot of people in the community that just write, what do you think about this advice or something like that? I never tell you what to buy. I just try to give you advice. So, so, so I tell you, for example, you tell me, I want to buy a Bandai, whatever card. So I mm-hmm. tell you, look, if you buy this, this, this is an X scenario that could happen. If you buy, if you buy this one, this is X scenario B. If this is scenario C, you make the decision. Right, right. Sometimes right. you need like an external viewpoint because you're so you just want the card so bad that you don't <laughs> that you don't see the, the collector outliers. in you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why that's why you got to definitely balance balance those things. And and uh, you, you know, to to your point about you know having extra to you know flip or grade. You know, I mean, to flip or sell to to grow your collection even more. My goal is I, I have two bulk orders right now with CGC. I, I don't even think they've been checked in. I sent it in months ago and I'm still waiting for them to even get checked in. But I have some of my best cards in there that I've been acquiring. I bought a few like um, a few lots of some really, really nice minty cards, um, you know, like Jib Challenge and Jim Hero and stuff like that. Those are really fun sets. I really like them. Um, I've got a few Southern Island cards that I'm sending out as well. Uh, Because I have about three complete sets of those cards. And um, I cannot wait because even though like, you know, when, like, when, when the, when the bill comes, it's going to hurt, but then it's going to be really exciting because then that means I'm going to get my cards soon. But I'm really hoping that I can use uh, those cards that I've been sent, 
sending in to get graded, um, I can use that as leverage for deals, right? Because, because like, let's say I can't even remember how much I spent, but let's say I spent three thousand, you know, in in grading. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, that's a hell of a lot. But I kind of see it like an initial, like an investment from that perspective. Like, okay, I've already put such and such money in these cards at whatever rates per card, you know, now I'm going in to get them graded, hopefully to see them appreciate or grow a little bit more in worth because hopefully they're great. They grade really well, you know, so I can command higher prices, but I, I absolutely want to use them just for trades, just, just, just to trade them back and forth to get the cards that I want, you know, like trading for the, for ma to you know chasing i have a few master sets that i want to go go after you know i want to get a shadowless master set and a gyarados master set for sure and some of those cool pikachu cards those early pikachu cards um i want to get some of those so i'm hoping with these cards you know that money that i'm putting into it i can just flip it back into my collection and just have a bigger pc because we're talking about you know cards that i have multiples of five or six six copies of those cards i'll keep the best one for me yeah exactly <laughs> and the rest i can you know send off and 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 use as leverage for you know whatever deals that i want to, to i personally i think it's the best well it's, first of all is the, the the way that i actually function for me so obviously i'm gonna be biased to that to doing it that way but it's is let's say everything goes completely is 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 it, there's no value anymore it yeah. goes to zero. Well, I mean, okay, I enjoyed everything. I opened up. Well, mm -hmm. my daughter opened up like, oh my god, like seventy thousand dollars worth of inventory. Oh my and, god! <laughs> and and so uh, there alone, I made the twenty k that I initially put, and you know, it's just a matter of having fun with it. it, it so, if you do it that way, the way you just said now, and then you, I I try to trade a lot. It, I know that a lot of people are getting away from trading. Mm -hmm. Because it's diff it's it's really difficult to get to a happy medium. Yeah. But I use it a lot for trade leverage. So there's a lot of cards that I might not even want either, but I buy because I know people that want it. And then I could usually play with it so I could get some of the other collections that I need that I'm missing. Because I'm not a set collector per se. And it's weird. A lot of people are like, why not? Like, I, I collect, like, the shiny set, but that's not a set. It's the yeah. Revelation and 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 neo destiny so it's not mm -hmm. a set it's actually a mixture like of a art. collection <laughs> yeah and then you got yeah. the shiny mew quote unquote which is not even from the same thing mm -hmm. it's a side and then you got the shiny uh what is it uh uh the trainer the amiku amiku anyway so i got those that it's like a set but it's not from the same set right i do things right. like that I, I collect i like a lot of the i'm trying to move more towards the trophy cards it's just such above my pay grade because I, I didn't get at the at the perfect entry point but oh man Trade i think that. i think now is the time to buy because a lot of people say look base set is dipping dramatically and that's true but if you bought a year ago you're still winning you're still winning yeah, yeah. totally absolutely and multiple, am and multiple like you're you're making a lot of money like let's say the, the thing is you get you get it's like looking at uh, crypto and you're like i'm losing yeah I, i'm losing for like four hours ago because you keep looking at it and it it, it went so right now you're saying I, i'm losing money because you saw it go up and down but you're still if you look at the trajectory you're still going up oh absolutely if you bought at 350 you're good yeah and, and the, <laughs> you're good 
And and the other thing is, like a lot of people say, just go to Japanese because Japanese is not dipping. And I'm like, it's the same thing. The difference is even trophies. A lot of people say you should if you would have invested in trophies, you would have been way better. How do you how do you quantify that? The difference is you're actually viewing sales data from English on a day to day basis. Trophy cards, there's not enough sales data for you to see the yeah the peaks. So, for example, let's say the you, you saw the trophy the trophy Pikachu that's in is on eBay now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seven. Let's say it sells just to give a number for a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And let's say SM Pratt, but I think it's Poke Radar. I think it's Poke Radar card. Anyway, the card. Let's say they bought it for fifty k. So you're like, all right, I made uh, I made a hundred percent or two hundred percent. Or 100% now, I'm sorry. But, but see, I made money versus first edition, which dip. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you're saying it because you if, if I would have bought a Charizard at the same time you bought that trophy card, it would have been like what? Even if it was a PSA 9, it was like what? $6,000? And right now it's what? $25,000? Mm-hmm. So who's, you, you're making 1X or 2X. And I, but hold on, I want to make sure I get these numbers right. <laughs> but you're making double, and I'm making five times. So mm-hmm. even after the dip. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, you got to be careful. What it, it, at least you, you're just comparing it because you're you're not seeing the sales data post on a regular basis. And now, if you look at eBay, there's more sales than ever, even on Instagram. Yeah, there's more sales. It's just lower prices. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know, I a, a few a month or so ago, I think I had David Persons on, a uh, person. Um, I had him on, and you know, him talking about his trophy card collection or his tournament cards, you know, is is pretty insane. I think he actually has like a full, like all of them, <laughs> for all of the different uh, tournaments or whatever. So it's been really interesting to talk to him because he's gotten criticism about his collection. Because his collection is so incredibly rare, a, um, you know, people tell him that he his cards are worthless, which is really just rude. <laughs> I mean, first, like to go up and say someone who has spent all this time and money collecting something and to tell them that it's worthless that's that's pretty rude. But um, in my opinion, but you know, um, I think he, you know, I don't know where he's paid. I don't know his entry points. But he's, you know, he actually would go to the tournaments and he would talk to them and he would, you know, buy them right there. And, and I mean, in my opinion, again, going back to scarcity is king, you know, those cards right there, his collection right there. No, he has, uh, I think I got some of these from him, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? Yeah. You talk about these types of cards that he has, like finalist cards. He has the, he also has the number one, twos and threes, which are the big hitters. Yeah. Yeah. On his personal collection. He has a lot, like, a, but he personally went from from event to event, and he actually went to the contestant. Let me get, and he paid a lot of money. It wasn't uh-huh. it wasn't pennies on the dot. It was he paid a lot of money for them to say they're worthless cards. I mean, everything is subjective. I, I you know, yeah. yeah. You think it's worthless to you? Congratulations. I mean, it, it is what it is. But good thing, the good thing about that is anything that you think is is too niche to be worth anything, give it time. And you're probably gonna be out outpacing everything else. And the and the artwork on these are amazing. Like the ones I showed you is pop one is right there. Mm-hmm. And this one is pop two. And those are the two. Uh-huh. Finalists. Oh, I'm, I'm, you're not seeing it. Let me even <laughs> see these ones are pop two and they're both right here. Oh, nice. 
Those are. But so I cool. just love the artworks. What year are those from? These are 2018. Okay. I got the the semifinalist 2018. Got some shiny knock towels. I got a, just a lot of stuff here that that just came in. I got <laughs> nice. a lot of things that came from PSA and a lot, but a lot of the the, the cards that you're talking about from world uh, the world's championship. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of tens and a lot of nines, and they're really scarce. So somebody saying that they're worthless, you might he might just have to tell them that they're worthless. <laughs> they might be eating their words at some point. Well, yeah. you know they will be eating their words at some point. You know, once those cards, if they ever hit the market, he's also a, a really interesting person to talk to. And you know, I didn't get a chance to ask him, but he doesn't, you know, grade cards. And and it's really interesting because compared to us, we love getting cards graded. We love slabs. We love doing that. I mean, and and part of the reason why I like it is because you can stack them and stacks are real satisfying. But the other reason is too, I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself to over the years keep a good card, a good condition card in that same condition that I had it in. And and I was going to ask him like, shit, I believe he told me he puts them in binders. And I'm like, how do you keep (laughs) your cards so well in binders? Because I even have... um, I have a few Magic the Gathering cards and and I have them in those, you know, no ring binders. And I don't know what the fuck I did. They're just been sitting in a bookshelf. But like, you know, the edges are looking crappy. Like, I, I didn't do nothing. I literally did nothing. And for some reason, like, the, I, I, you know, to be quite honest, I, I moved them around a little bit. So I don't know if like in that time moving, I didn't notice that those cards degraded a little bit. But um. Yeah, I, I don't know how the hell you keep a rock collection in good, pristine condition. I don't. No, I, I can't. I can't do it. Like even look, look at this right now. Like this card, I just <laughs> accidentally bumped it. Look, uh-huh. and this is a trophy card. Look. Uh huh. I mean, all right. Hopefully, I get it. Oh, that is an awesome card. This is a trophy. I don't card. know what that is, but that looks great. This is Championship Arena, so I think it, uh-huh. it, it's definitely a PSA ten Canada. If it's a PSA ten. Maybe eight to ten, twelve thousand dollars, something like that. Wow! But I, fun. I don't, I, I need to have him slap because first of all, my, my, I have a three year old, and he literally, he's always on top of this, and he takes all this, and I'm always uh-huh. fighting with him, and but he's a kid, and it, it seems like he's also because he know he knows some of the Pokemon, so it seems like he's also going to be Aww. a fanatic. So it's good to bring somebody else in the community. Yes, yes, we got another convert. Hell yeah! <laughs> we fished him, got him. well you know the the last time we talked we talked about modern cards and we talked about the investability in modern cards versus you know vintage and and we definitely agree you know we have a preference over the vintage um and when it comes to the recent demand in in sealed product for modern cards like the modern sets do you kind of feel the same way where um with the with like the etbs you know and and the other boxes that you can buy you know well now probably not buying them retail you're probably buying them uh you know in the secondary market but but do you still do, do you still feel that the investability the the buying those boxes from an investment perspective do you think that they could still potentially be worth the the initial investment on those i know we talked about yeah it it depends on how much time you're willing to put in it so if you if you want to invest for five years no 
No, it would have to be longer. Well, it'll it'll it'll, it'll it'll increase, but it depends what you consider a good investment. So if right. it's gonna go from you know for from one hundred dollars to one hundred and ten dollars, then no, it's not worth it. And you know, because you're only getting ten percent back. Mm-hmm. But uh, I got my kid here. <laughs> but if if Aww. if you're if you're willing to postpone 10, 15 years, then yes, I think everything eventually will, you know, first of all, but the, the biggest issue is you're not the only one thinking that way. Everybody has cases of mom. You know how like many cases. more <laughs> sealed collectors there are now? It's <laughs> huge. Like I know people that ago. have case, uh, hidden fates. I know people that have cases by the dozens. Mm-hmm. And they're just, it's just never, it, it's never ending. It's just, it, it, the inventory is so massive. So I think it is going to go up because the demand is going to be there. Mm-hmm. But I, as far as the car price, it's going to dilute the car prices. Because there's gonna yeah. be a saturation of uh, of population, so right. I think the inventory the, there is gonna be more social media in the future. You can see that. So there's gonna be more people opening packs. So you know, when we were kids, let's open some hidden fates, some shining legends or whatever, and they're gonna open it. They're gonna make money out of it, and they're gonna keep doing it. But they're gonna saturate the population and 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 the cards. So the the cards I think will decrease, but the inventory i think might it, it might continuously go up because it's mm-hmm. just gonna want it oh yeah which makes me feel even even i haven't bought a single a single gosh darn modern card like i i might have some boxes but i have not bought an actual single card um it, because there's just so many <laughs> there's just so many of them which you know for me it 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 is a great example of there being exposure in buying individual cards versus buying sealed product and i mean you know vintage might not so much be the case because there's only so many box openings there are only so many cards entering the market from a vintage perspective especially you know gem mint versions of those cards i mean you know again going back to what we were talking about mitigating risk getting gem mint cards is a way to do that because they are still going to be pretty rare um but it, which is why I've been trying to buy a little bit more sealed. So trying to find, you know, cool packs to buy at reasonable, at reasonable market prices. You know, for for me, obviously, I have certain cards that I'm chasing. I have certain cards that I want to collect. But but also too, I want to make sure that I don't overexpose myself in too many singles and also buy some sealed pack. Because even though I am paying a premium to get good authentic you know non-repack packs like there is safety from an investment perspective getting sealed you know packs and boxes and whatever you can afford versus getting actual singular pokemon cards well the the thing is sealed product is multi-dimensional so you have the the potential of it getting high grade and grading so you have that Mm -hmm. aspect of it but you have the actual, the, the tangible, which is actually the content. Mm-hmm. So that it's actually two-dimensional in that in that sense. So I think in the future, it will continue to, and people just like the nostalgic feeling of it. Even if, the, even if the YouTubers or whatever, let's say in the future, there's another channel, whatever, whatever it's called, however, <laughs> somebody uh-huh. opening it up and, and they just want to be able to see it. Oh my God, he got the, 
whatever card, even though it's completely saturated. And it's it's kind of uh funny that, for example, like the shining Charizard from Hidden Face has yeah. actually it's actually held its own. It's, it's been roughly what a fifteen hundred, thirteen hundred, whatever in that price point. With, mm-hmm. And it's like, the population is huge, and it's still holding its own. So that gives you an insight as far as the amount of of the, of the people that are just willing to to collect. Yeah, yeah, that demand. Yeah, really demand for for that card in that set. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's been it's been really interesting to see some of that play out. You know. Um, it, and I mean, I don't. I don't think I'm ever gonna buy a modern card just because. I mean, they're nice, but they just don't speak to me like the vintage sets do, and that's fine. And I've had people criticize me and tell me, "Well, you're, you know, you're really missing out on some opportunities." I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm okay with that. Like, I'm, you know, deliberately being fine with that, <laughs> you know, because those aren't things that I care about." Maybe if we can, maybe if I can find good deals, um, you know, and to like what you were saying before, if you can find good deals on something on a card that you don't care too much about, you can always flip or trade later, mm-hmm. which, you know, makes sense. But, um, you know, what's really interesting actually. So getting things on like for a good deal, one of the points that you've brought up that people have told me a numerous time a numerous amount of times like one of the things that you said that stuck with them was that if you see a card that's a psa 10 for 20 bucks i don't care what it is you buy that shit yeah well, <laughs> because of what it took no now it's even better because psa mm-hmm. is a minimum 50 and now they're charging up mm-hmm. so now, yeah. it, now it's 50 dollars. so if you bought them at 20 now the minimum to grade just to grade them is, 20, is 50 dollars mm-hmm. yeah so you're up Oh yeah. I mean, 100%, 100%. I haven't been keeping track of the, the grading prices for PSA. I've not been paying attention to PSA just because <laughs> it's just, I mean, it makes sense why they're doing what they're doing. You know, I, I'm not making any criticisms from that perspective. Um, I just wouldn't get a card graded for that much, which is why I was trying to rush in May. No, April, May to, to get cards sent out because I'm like, okay, you know, these are these are all the cards in my collection. These are the ones that I want to get graded because I think they'll grade, you know, near mint and up. Um, and then these are some cards that might not grade that much, but I really like them and I want to keep them in in whatever as good condition as I can. Right. So you know, I tried to beat all of that, you know, price hike, um, which I was able to beat most of it for CGC, um, but you know, talking about the increase in, in grading prices, I mean, do you think that gives us a new floor for cards? I guess you kind of hinted at that. Um, well, I, PSA, the cheapest price is $50. Mm-hmm. And they're literally like, uh, I just got my, it cost me like $1,350 to get mine graded, the 50 slabs. And I was up charged uh, $1,350. Wow, so you only got 15 cards graded and that's how well, much 50, it was? 50. Oh, right, right, right. So, so okay, did you do one of the express services or just the normal bulk No, grading? the economy, which is the economy. Well, it oh, took shit. a year. Yeah. And then they charged me, I think it was like $1,400 upcharge. Because of the card worth? Roger. Yeah, okay. So it just, it went, it went up in price, so it cost me, what? About twenty seven hundred 
dollars to get uh, fifty cars graded Dude. in a year. In a <laughs> yeah. year. But yeah. the point is, the the point is now they're fifty dollars. Now it's not twenty. Now it's fifty dollars per slab. So a lot of so my sometimes you got to say, look, if it's fifty dollars just to get a slab, to to risk probably getting a nine if it's packed fresh, seldomly getting ten percent if it's packed fresh, getting a PSA ten. And if it gets to the PSA 10, it's probably going to get upcharged, so it's not going to be just the 50. It's going to be 50 plus a little bit more money that PSA is going to charge you. So why are they, there shouldn't be any PSA slabs under PSA 10, but especially if they're vintage, because then you mm-hmm. got the, the cost of getting it slabbed, mm-hmm. the cost of it being a 10, and the cars that you're buying that 10, that minty fresh card mm-hmm. or pulling it. Right. So there, if you see any cars especially vintage cars that are sub fifty dollars on ebay it makes no sense personally in my a lot of people are gonna say yeah but you but how about if it's a common card i don't care mm-hmm. so just to get it graded it's fifty dollars and you're probably gonna get an eight nine so right. it's a ten so it's just it's worth the fifty dollars right there off, off on the spot get it mm-hmm. especially if it's watsy absolutely get it i don't care what dip is going through Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think I think to me that that definitely makes sense. Um, so now the advice has changed. Instead of twenty dollars, now we're gonna up that to fifty. If so, it's PSA, guys, if it's if it's a PSA ten, now we're upping it to fifty. So if you see a PSA ten for fifty and under, around that price, you just get it. We've 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 had to make changes because the market has changed so much. Gosh, which is why you know we wanted to get together and talk about it because there's so many things. So, so, um, shoot, you know what? I just noticed we've been on for about an hour and 30 minutes. Um, so I I don't know if that's, so I want to be respectful of your time. So let me know if, if we should cut it off now, or if you can let me ask a few more questions. No, I'm, I'm in my house. So I'm I'm good. Whatever you want to ask. So, so you had said earlier, and this is something I wanted to hearken back to. You said earlier that there's some good things in the market that are happening and some bad things that are happening in the market uh, right now. So I'm curious from your perspective, we've talked about the PSA, I'm sorry, the first edition cards that, you know, the prices have been kind of wonky. So I'm guessing that's a little bit of a bad thing, or I'm assuming in your opinion, that's a bad thing because you're not seeing cards being sold at what you think they should be worth. Um, no, are I don't there... think it's a bad thing. Oh, okay. So that's I actually just... think it's a good thing because, because it's correcting. It gives people... Yeah, it's correct. Yeah. It's correcting. It's correcting naturally mm-hmm. versus it being influenced or hyped or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it dipped more than I ever thought it was going to dip. But I mean, and I'm losing money on some cards, but that's fine. I mean, as long as it's 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 a, it's a correction and it's a natural. Uh, correction that's is is good because that means that the hobby is healthy. As mm-hmm. long as it's a healthy correction, it means it's gonna there's future to the hobby. And obviously, this hobby is stronger than than even with this dip, it's stronger than ever because it's basically base set. But as far as what I mean by the 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 downs and ups, I mean that it's not that the correction is taking place; is that people are panic selling now. So oh, the correction yeah. the correction might have been that. Let's say a Nittle King PSA nine was supposed mm-hmm. to be at twelve hundred dollars minimum. That should have been its price point, but because people saw it went from let's say thirty five hundred 
1200 oh my god sell 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 right. now instead of having two little kings in ebay or mercari yeah whatever now everybody saturated the market with psa 9 little kings therefore dramatically reducing the price because now the demand is saturated by the supply therefore decreasing the overall bids on the on the cards furthermore causing more people to to go on a craze like oh my god we have to sell everything and that's why you're starting to see you you haven't seen a dip in neo destiny neo genesis mm -hmm. you haven't seen on the contrary a neo revelations is is doing is healthy is doing fine uh even jungle is some of the booster boxes got a significant dip and i thought they were overrated to begin with i thought that they i mean they're how is a box in my estimation this is this is this is just me talking how is a box more expensive or double the price of the most expensive card in in the box so you got a team rocket first edition booster box mm -hmm. most expensive card in that set is a dark charizard right first edition psa 10 example probably is going to sell for forty five hundred five thousand dollars now but the box is eighteen thousand dollars how is that? How does that make any sense? And even you say ten percent of the cars on average, ten percent of the pools give get get a PSA ten. So that means one point six cards out of the box is gonna get a ten. So mm -hmm. even round it up so you get two cards. Even if it's a char, even if it's two chars, or you only make ten thousand dollars out of the twenty the uh, close to eighteen thousand dollar investment you made in box. So it makes no sense in my estimation. Is it is it could it possibly be explained it explained through arbitrage? Because markets typically don't like arbitrage, right? So so if a card so if it if you can make more money opening a box and breaking it, that would be a sign of arbitrage in, in the market. So so doesn't from that perspective the pricing um you know at that height make sense then because it corrects for arbitrage but this is a thing now let's let's give you for an example neo genesis first edition box mm -hmm. what's the most expensive card in that set mm, i i don't know <laughs> uh, uh lugia first edition lugia okay the lugia yeah yeah and the 10 beckett 10 examples sold i think for one hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars mm-hmm but the box hasn't sold for $40,000 yet. Mm -hmm. So that's where you have to have those, those indicators. Like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait a minute. You have a card that has multiple cards in it because you have the Lugia Typhlosion is like pop six in yeah. the world. And then that card is like $85,000. But let's say it's, it's listed for 85. Let's say he actually sells for 65. But there's a lot of cars that have value, which subsede the surpass the value of the box. That's when you start saying, "Whoa, hold on, maybe I shouldn't buy a Jungle First Edition box. Instead, I should buy a Neo Genesis box." A Neo Genesis, mm -hmm. because the 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 ratio. The how can I say? It? I'm trying to think. I'm thinking in Spanish and and talking in English. The the risk reward is there. Uh-huh. So even though even when you start saying, look, I'm gonna buy a first edition Team Rocket and first edition uh jungle box, just buy a, a Neo Genesis 
if, if, if mathematically, if, if you're talking mathematically, obviously collectors don't don't do it mathematically. <laughs> obviously, I don't do it because I got some base set. Base set took a significant dip, but mm-hmm. I'm okay with it because I wanted a base set. So sometimes you make dumb decisions based on uh, nostalgic feeling, and that's okay as long yeah. as you can think ahead. That's yeah, I mean, and and to be able to you know afford one of those, I kind of feel like. You know, if you're able to afford it, you're, you you can probably also handle a little bit of a hit unless you're making bad choices and using consumer debt to to buy those things and, and using leverage to spend way too much, you know, like, I mean, definitely don't want to do that. But but I mean, you know, again, to your point, you know, this is something that you do for fun. If everything went to zero, you still would say, well, I had a great ride. <laughs> yeah. So. So I, I think, I think, you know, looking from that perspective, um, you know, it, it's kind of hard to not lose. Um, no, I never want to lose. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to say I, if it goes to Cyril, I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it, mm-hmm. but I spent like $70,000 on product that mm-hmm. we opened. So at least I feel, I feel, I still feel like a man, like, okay, I, I, I didn't <laughs> lose out here, you know, or. Yeah, or you still want to feel like a like, like a woman. And, okay, I I didn't lose I didn't lose the twenty thousand dollars. I actually opened with my kids three uh, mm-hmm. X, so three mm-hmm. X the inventory and had fun with them. So I really didn't lose it. I invested. No. It, I had fun with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You maneuvered. You watched your entry point, and you saw the growth, right? Mm-hmm. And and you experienced that, and you were able to, you know sell things to buy even to upgrade on other things like that totally that totally makes sense and and you know you were able to balance those things so so you never lost even even if yeah yeah and no one should ever want to lose and i want everybody <laughs> that's hearing this i know you guys think that no oh, i'm just a hardcore collector and all that good for you good for mm-hmm. that whole whole or you know military or whatever good for you don't be an idiot invest strategically even if it's something you love maximize don't buy at its peak even if it's something you love why would you buy at a peak it makes no sense yeah it makes no sense you can wait <laughs> yeah you just if, if you waited till he to now the product is from 1999 you waited till now you can wait a, a little bit longer just, especially now there's so much opportunity to invest it's ridiculous mm-hmm. so then so then what are some undervalued cards or what are some cards you think um you know, right now or goodbyes? I don't think there's any card is undervalued. I think every card is properly valued now. Mm-hmm. Except the example I gave, I think the Charizard is probably the overrated card. I think it's an overvalued card. And I'm going to get some hate mail. I'm probably going to get unfollowed for saying that. And some, But uh, I think some strong investments... I don't want to, I don't like telling people exactly what to buy, but just look at historical significance, scarcity and demand. So even if the market is dipping, people are still buying them. Like mm-hmm. if, if you told me, look, the market is so like, if the market, the, the little King was put or magneton, whatever the polyrath, whatever is the, the worst, the least loved card, loved card, they put it on auction and didn't sell. Now we have a big issue. Mm-hmm. But there's like right. everything is selling. It's actually sold more than ever. Just sold at record lows, right, and it's right, not right. even record lows because I bought a little king. I think well, like like uh, a little king of polyrath. I can't remember like a year ago for like three hundred dollars, three fifty. 
mm-hmm. PSA nines. So it all, and I bought like multiple of them. So I said, all right, I don't want one. And that's why every time you see a discrepancy, like it's dipping, the PSA tens are dipping. Why are PSA tens dipping? The Pikachu is probably overvalued, even if it's red cheek. Why is a red cheeks Pikachu worth uh, five thousand dollars? It's an error. It's a common error. Mm-hmm. It's a Pikachu. That's the key, See, and that's why we were saying Pikachu's are always going to be have a pre- a premium attached to them. But even at that, I think don't collect common cards, mm-hmm. especially pay, uh, paying thousands of dollars for comic. Why would you pay five thousand dollars for a Pikachu? And then not pay five thousand dollars for holographic first edition Zapdos. How does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that should be a flag that's going up in your ear, in, in your head, saying, "Oh, whoa, 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 whoa!" A poly. If the Zapdos is selling at five, that means the Polyrath is probably selling less than a Pikachu common card. That means there's a discrepancy here, which we'll have to fix. It will. It will fix eventually. So that's the. That's where you have to say, "All right." Click buy it now, mm-hmm. because there's right. no reason why a holographic first edition card that's a population of ninety or hundred should be with a card that's a common card, population of whatever three hundred and fifty, and there's there's a lot of cards that are just in people's collections that it's a common card, so they don't send it out because it's just a common card. Right, right. So, so then, look at those indicators. So then, so then. How do you feel about the misprints? Because there's some mis- misprints, especially from the base set, that are pretty damn rare. Um, I, yes, the Vulpix. See, so what's funny is that, um, so I think I have maybe about three to five shadowless versions of that misprint at CGC yeah, right now. Yeah, I, I can't wait to get those back to see what they grade. I hope they grade pretty high. But if not, you know, I'll still be happy to have them. But, you know, going back to like the scarcity and then scarcity within scarcity, right? You know, misprints have been something I've been learning about, um, not just because um, I've been working on the app and, um, you know, right now I'm trying to catalog cards, um, you know, from all the sets and all their different. I'm calling them variations in the database, but you know, it, it's, it's a misprint. And so, you know, I want people to be able to catalog misprints if they have them. Right. Um, and so I've been learning about a lot of the different misprints that are out there. The ones that are, you know, happen with the shadow list, the ones that more so happen with the first edition, you know, the ones that, you know, the only one that's not confirmed is, you know, the, the misprint for the Pikachu and stuff. I can't remember which one it was, but, but, you know, going down to, to rarity and now some of the misprints are starting to get labeled properly, like by mm-hmm. PSA and by CGC, which is really cool because, you know, it reiterates that. Um, I, I still feel like collectors should know a lot about the cards before they buy them. So even if it was labeled or not labeled, they should know. <laughs> like, I would hope that they would do research to to know that they were looking at a misprint or not, but... Um, so, so I guess what, what is your thought on, on misprints? I know you have some, so have you been really bullish on buying misprint cards lately? No, I, the only misprints I've ever purchased is Gold's Pikachu's because that's to me, that's like the, the Holy grail of misprints. I think Gold's Pikachu, if you could get a PSA 10, that that's Mm -hmm. just the Holy grail. 
you probably I probably would say then you have it's between the Nine Tails, Low Damage Error, and the non holographic Dragonite. Mm-hmm. But though that that's about it. They, these are just because I opened heavy uh, first edition base set booster packs, and I actually pulled these myself. Oh, nice. So, uh, so it's actually on IG that well, my wife did. She actually pulled the Volpix from the pack. It was an error, and I, I was like, "What the hell is this?" And uh, I had I have heard that Shadowless is is much more common that they're on Shadowless packs, and there was very very seldom very few first edition cards with uh, the blue butt. Yeah, and I think there's no example that it, that are actually PSA tens. So that, because they're all shifted to the to the left, mm-hmm. slightly for them to be. Yeah, yeah. so it's in perfect condition. It's just shifted to the left, so both are nines. But uh, I think I can't remember the exact amount, but it is extremely extremely scarce card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think eventually, if they start making them, like if they actually were to list it as a blue, let's say blue dot Volpex. Then it would have it will because it's a niche market. Uh, mm-hmm. Error cards are extremely niche, unless they're the three we mentioned, or the tobacco stamp, him on or whatever. But if they make them a part of the set for you to complete the master set, those are the type of things that you say invest now because no one's looking at it. Mm-hmm. If it ends up being a part of requirement for you to have a master set, it's gonna go up in value. Right, people are gonna buy it. Because yeah, then it. they don't have the master set, and they need and everything the is set. about pounding the chest and wanting to have your name on PSA or Beckett or whatever, saying you have the master set and you can't complete it because you don't have a blue butt Vulpix. <laughs> so all of a sudden, it becomes a priority for whale collectors or whatever. And if whale collectors are looking at it, then they tell you know it it it, it, it goes out to the to the more commoners like us and then we have to <laughs> we have to get it we have to get it also you know everything it's a monkey see monkey doing this business mm-hmm. you know I, I know you don't consider yourself a whale but to me you are like compared no, to no, my collection no. you definitely are compared to mine because because i have some cool stuff but you've got some really cool stuff no i've seen people that oh my one card is worth more than my collection oh really oh yeah mm. which card <laughs> Charizard. <laughs> no, no, not Charizard. No. Oh, one of the tr- trophy cards. Yeah, trophy cards. Yeah, a mm. big time trophy card. Oh man, that's crazy. I, I really need to do more research on the trophy cards because I'm not incredibly familiar. I know they exist, and I know that you know there's sets of them, but um, like which cards specifically that were printed for which tournaments and came out which years, and you know for which uh, winning bracket or you know which bracket in general. Like I, I don't I don't know nearly enough of those cards. That, that, those will be really interesting to to kind of dive into. That one, and of course, the trainer decks, um, those starter trainer decks. I don't have any of those cards, but those have been really interesting to kind of keep an eye on as well. The I know thing is, other... it, it, it's so vast the amount of stuff you can collect. So you have to, you have to say like that's why I say I I stick with the the historical significance. You can't go wrong mm-hmm. because if you stick to that, you're gonna say okay, first edition base set is gonna have is gonna have a collector base forever, right? As long as the hobby is alive, mm-hmm. even though you're taking a dip now and and put that put that in the back of your mind. Oh sh- oh my god, so. Maybe I should buy some base set when it's going down 70%. Yes, right now. <laughs> uh, and I'm not saying it might not dip a little bit more. I'm just saying 
it is it, going to stop dipping because people are just going to say, oh, for this price, I'll just keep it. Right. But the, you have the ba- first edition base set. Mm-hmm. You have trophy cards because especially from Tropical Mega Battle, Super Secret Battle, those cards are a part of when you try when you're trying to tell the history of Pokemon, you're going to say, all right, you got first edition, in the English release, first edition base set. You have no rarity. You have Japanese base set, which mm-hmm. is basically the first edition and, and the uh, Shadowless. Then it's going to be like, all right, what else is in there? You got Thompson. You have Bandai. You have Cardass. You, you know what I mean? You have, to, you have to get those cards in order to say the history of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. That's the only right. reason why that Blastoise sample card sold at that record price. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, that CGC card. Yeah, yeah. that I mean, and it was was it an eight or a seven? I can't remember. I want to say it was an eight. It was near mint for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it, it it was it's just, but it's the historic the historical significance that make it that valuable. So mm-hmm. if you know if you see something that's so cheap, but you can't tell. Like if your kids or your parents ask you, like, what, how, how did Pokemon begin? Start telling them, and they'll be like, okay, so you basically told yourself what you should collect if you want to be, if you want to have the creme of the creme of, of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And if you mm-hmm. see something in there that that is still undervalued, buy it. Right. Right. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I do. Gosh, I, I love the historical aspect of it because it's just so his, interesting to see the history behind it. You know, I, I don't know. I think I think knowing more info about the cards helps me connect with them a little bit more. Like the demo pack. Literally one day I was just like, OK, you know what? I'm going to do some research and I'm going to go from start to finish, you know, at least for English cards, you know, the history of how those cards first came out. I mean, obviously, I know first edition was the first that came out, but is there history before that? And then I found out about you know the E three Pikachu and and the demo packs and 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 reading about that and and seeing that the demo packs. Gosh, I was on a forum, and it might have been a post made six years ago. Um, but they were talking about how the demo packs were selling at that point in time for fifty bucks, and I was like. It was crazy. I think I got mine for three hundred dollars. The the one, then the other one was like seven hundred. Okay, I mean, still a good deal compared. Have you seen? Do you use uh, Rally Road at all? No. No. Do you know what it is though? No. Okay, so Rally Road is an app that allows you to buy shares in collectibles, and okay. so it primarily primarily lives in the sports space. So memorabilia, like Ali's, you know, um, like a pair of his gloves, right? Or a pair of his shoes or a Michael Jordan jersey or, or you know, these really, you know, awesome LeBron cards and Kobe cards that are coming out. You can also buy like cars. I think they first actually started out with luxury cars. So certain, you know, Ferraris and BMWs, very old school cards anyway. So um, so now, and, and I think it's been several years now uh, where you could buy shares in like a master set of yeah. first edition right uh and right now i don't know when it's gonna pop because it always says coming soon but they're supposed to come out with uh, a demo pack uh psa 10. Uh, right now it's valued on that app at ten thousand, so i'm hoping mm. it comes out soon yeah well yeah see 
see at first i can't remember the first valuation but the first valuation was something completely stupid and completely overpriced um so i guess they must be working with the owner to really narrow down on like what what an, a real good valuation because the thing with the site is like the valuations sometimes they make sense and sometimes they don't um so well it is know, a psa 10 and because there was a point where no one wanted the demo packs yeah. I remember there was one, there was a PSA 10 for like 2,700 on eBay and they didn't, and no one bid on it. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it, and, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a niche, Uh huh. but yeah. it's historically significant. So, I mean, that's the type of thing that, that, that I'm talking about right there, especially that, in the that PSA you want to get 10. On. Yeah. yeah. Oh, especially, I mean, I can't remember the last, you know, what they last went for. I mean um demo pack pokemon psa 10 um because i've been kind of watching that a little bit and um it's it's been a while but anyways yeah i mean you know even even getting a raw version of that like i don't think i'd be comfortable getting a raw version of that just because i don't know how, how to authenticate it i've never seen it in person have no idea oh my god PWCC auctions, a uh, mint uh, pack went for $2,800 in April. Oh, okay. This was a few months ago. Um, God. Yeah. Um, it, it went for $2,800 in April, which is pff, a steal. <laughs> Probably but, so. But, but I remember they, they were extremely cheap and I, I could have gotten, but remember they're just, they're just, you know, well, the, the, the pack is, you know, white or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's a different type of pack. So it's just a, a display piece. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, there, there's actually YouTube videos of people opening them. Why would you do that? That just, they thought, they no. thought, they thought there was different cars in them. Mm, so they didn't do their research and they had to, you know, hold the bag on that. Um, but imagine if they're, so it, it's kind of tempting if you have no information about them. And you're like, oh my god! Like, can you imagine if I pull a Pikachu that something, whatever, it's it's uh it's a new thing, and then you just hit a home run. That's probably the best card in that pack. What is it? There's like a dode. It's all commons and uncommons, and then some trainer cards mm-hmm. and some energy cards. <laughs> so that that Pikachu, which I can't remember, um, I can't remember if it comes with the yellow or the red. I I, I don't remember now. Um. Do you know? I can't recall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that's definitely. Gosh, I feel so bad for those people because whatever they paid, I hope they didn't pay that much. Because it's definitely. This is not one that you open. You know, no, no, and but it's, the video was like ten years old. So. It, oh. Yeah, it, okay. It, oh. Okay. So it wasn't recent. It wasn't recent. No. No. It was a long time ago. You know. You want to know what's really funny is literally on the front of those packs it says not for resale. Yeah, I got some. Oh, let me see if I can show you. I have some E three. Look, if you if I show you this. Oh, dude. This is just like nonstop. What the hell? Power keepers. Oh man. And I got just it's just full of booster packs here all over. <laughs> let me try to get you what I'm. Uh... I forgot I had these here. I have some that say not for retail, but they're Pokemon Snap. Oh. They're huh. Pokemon Snap cards. Look, this from these the are original? Cards. 
No, no, from the the Pokemon Snap game, actually. Yeah, but it came out twice. The second time, like I can't remember when it came out the first time. Is that is it is it from this round of Pokemon Snap? They're the actual the kiosk cards. Oh, okay. I don't think I've seen these before. <laughs> That's cute. But the this is like you see the Pikachu's. Mm-hmm. I can't even see. Oh, Bulby. But if you look at the back of them. Mm. E3 yeah. convention. Not for retail. Yeah. Not valid for retail. And these were the cards that they gave out before Pokemon Snap came out. Mm-hmm. So the <clears throat> the people that attended the convention uh, were, were able to actually play them. But I've actually, I've never seen them. Mm-hmm. And they were extremely expensive. They cost me a lot of money for what, mm-hmm. for what they are. But I said, I got to buy them because I've never seen them. If I've never seen them, it has to be worth something. Oh, yeah. Like so what you're saying, they've got to be a niche one. Yeah, it has to be a niche. I got so, so many cards here I have to grade before my, my kids demolish them. Mm. Probably like 150 cards. Do you keep all of your raw cards in uh, card savers? Yes. You do? Okay. Yeah. I've been I've been recently getting into the card savers since I've been doing a lot of grading this year. Um, I really prefer to, to keep them like that. I don't know why. I, I just feel like they're safer. I, I don't deal with top loaders anymore. I don't... I don't know. I don't like top loaders. I just, I just do card savers. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm really sloppy with the cards. I uh, I pulled what was it? It wasn't the best card. It was a first edition fossil holographic uh, Zapdos, mm-hmm. and Dang. I it just I just I was playing with it. I was showing it in the video, and it slipped from my hand, fell on the on my on my floor, and I have the the tile, and it just completely nicked. It actually bent the corner. Pack fresh, beautiful card, down the shitter. So. Oh gosh, that's the worst. That is said, the worst. I said from now on, every time I open something, it's going straight into a penny sleeve into the uh, card saver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I- I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I have, I had before I had shipped all of my cards out. I can't remember how many I sent out. Maybe like five or six hundred cards. I had them all in shoe boxes. I had so many shoe boxes with so many card savers. Gosh darn, all the money that I spent on card savers. I I ordered uh a few boxes in December last year, and I had finally gotten them maybe in March. They took so long. I ordered them from BCW mm-hmm. um, because they were so much cheaper to go that route than buy them on Amazon. It's literally double the price on Amazon. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to be stubborn, and I'm just going to wait. <laughs> I actually <laughs> got to get more. Oh, really? See, yeah. I do too. I'm on my last 50. I need to get some more, but uh, BCW, I'll probably have to look into – like another brand, like the gold brand. Is that what it is? I mean, I, I, I couldn't care less about the brand as long as it's a card saver one. Yeah, yeah it's um, the same thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, well, anyways, I mean, I've had you on for so long and I really appreciated you coming on. Um, I guess uh, what we could do is, you know, how about if you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me at Dulce Pokemon or I'm on eBay as well. If you guys are interested in any other product, this is a venture, but I, you know, I'm always, always hitting everybody up on, on IG, usually try to be as speedy as possible, returning anybody's messages and 
if people know me and you could ask about me, I'm always responding to everybody. I try to not be that type of person that gets on that ego trip and uh and wants to charge or or wants to uh uh ignore everybody. I mean there are there are some stupid questions, you gotta say that. I've gotten some some a lot of people and a lot of people asking, you know, just weird things like uh can you give me free PSA tens and stuff like that. But it's all right. I mean as all long right. as your kids, if you're giving long- them out. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but mostly it's kids, but I've had adults that actually uh make up you know some stories and stuff like that Mm. oh nice i love the stories that's what i'm here (laughs) for (laughs) yeah awesome well you know i'll put a link to um your instagram and then also your um your ebay store so that'll be cool people can check out what you got you know you got a lot on there that are a little bit above my budget you know that mutual yeah, a lot of things I just <laughs> I don't even know how to price them. You too, honestly. Sometimes mm-hmm. I just put a price and I don't, but I'm not. See what sticks. Yes, yeah, because yeah, I it's, it's pop one and it's Mewtwo, so I mean I don't even know how to price that at all. I know with no price history, like. And it being yeah. the only one, how do you supposed to? I I don't even know how to put it. I, it's crazy. <laughs> so, I just put a price, and if somebody wants to make an offer, you know, it still costs me a lot of money, so it can't be some ridiculous offer, but. Uh, and, and most of it is just to show it off and people go in the store and see everything else. And a lot of people, I'm, 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 I'm just right now, I'm more interested in trades. So if anybody wants to have any trades, Watsy only or trophies only, I'm not trying to get any modern. I don't, I don't do modern, mm-hmm. but I'm always trying to, I like the trades because there's more a connection yeah. with, with, with other people. And it, it, sometimes it goes South, but most of the time, it's it's amazing experience to you know meet a lot of people from the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, I I agree with you. I think I think I definitely prefer trades. Those are so much more fun, and it's not like it is about the money, but then not so much about the money where it's like dollar value. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It, it's just as different when you're trying to trade with someone because you know you're not necessarily trying to make like money off of someone. You're trying to actually make a deal work. You know. Because sometimes they try to get you hand and foot (laughs) versus like, versus like when I was talking with David, he, you know, he, he would tell me that he, uh, people approach him and and they're wanting deals from him. And then, so he tries to, you know, get a deal from someone and they're not willing, you know, they're not willing to go below a certain threshold, you know, whether that's market price or higher than market price, you know, he's like, everyone wants a deal, but no one wants to give them. And I kind of feel you know, when you join a community, some of that, you, you can't be super greedy because you're going to really, you know, you're not going to be able to foster good relationships with people, I think, if it's just about that for you. So, and it's happened to me. Like, I, I've had a lot of people that I, that have actually hit me up and, you know, do say, uh, I, I want this set or whatever you got or this card. Would you trade? Yeah, that, that's that's fine. Uh, I could do 25% cash and trade or whatever. Or f- I got these cards and we could do two full-on trade. All right. And then we do the trade. And then they have a card or something. I'm like, look, I'm interested in trading. for. Oh, I don't do trades. Oh, oh so you don't do trades when it's something you have. But you like to do trades with something you don't want for somebody else. So, I mean, the same people that did it, that wanted to trade with something I have, they, they don't... They, and it happens more often than, than than you have an idea. I mean, it's it's really frustrating in that degree. So I just cut them off. I don't I don't get mad or anything. I just 
I just get a little bit frustrated and just, all right, I let me write you on the checklist. You're definitely somebody <laughs> I'm not going to do any deals with moving forward. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely get that. And you know, that's why you got to have more than one, because if you got some people that want to do a deal, you know, or, or make a trade, it's not necessarily about, you know, the outcome of that, but it's about like the fostering of that relationship, you know, they, you were willing to do a trade with them now, you know, being willing to do a trade. I could see if someone not wanting to do a trade because that's their only card and it's a part of their PC, but you no, know, no, if they've I, got, they, they actually wanted to sell the card. Oh, they only wanted to sell it. Yeah. Ah, okay. See now that I, I understand. I understand now what you're saying. You gotta be, I don't know. And I was I selling the card on eBay. So they actually hit me up to trade and I'm always, I'm okay with it. Let's go. As long yeah. as you got something that, I'm, that, that, that I'm, that I like. That you want? Yeah. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> but then yeah. with the same people, and I mean like over six people this happened to where oh. they want they hit me up from eBay and, and through IG. I like to trade for your car, and then they pull something on their eBay, and I'm like, You I like to trade you for that. No, no. I only sell. All right. Yeah. yeah well, nice. okay. Yeah. That that that's you know, honestly, I kind of prefer trades because now that you know, PayPal um is having to uh what report over six hundred dollars. In taxes i mean with trades you don't have to deal with any of that bullshit. i mean i know you 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 already handle it because you already got you have an actual business and so you know those things are probably like cake for you you don't have to you don't worry or or think about i, I mean, you probably do think about those things but with a trade you don't you don't have yeah, I to just, really I, consider. I, and i honestly i just like the trades i mean it's just more intimate if that makes any sense yeah. it, and the, you're getting something that that usually getting more than than because usually when they trade you they don't have something you want like one thing that you could trade off so they got to give you like six different things sometimes they got to give you six things <laughs> and something you don't want but you just make it happen just you know so they can you know so, so that they, they can, can uh, yeah because yeah. then it, then maybe you didn't win there but they they got another uh, a gal or a guy that has amazing collections and they put you on and like, yeah perfect I, you want to i want to buy your collection so yeah it works out. Everything works out at the end. No, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, well, hey, you know, like I said, I appreciate you coming on. And, you know, we'll put links in in all of your stuff, uh, eBay and Instagram. I'm waiting for you to to start a YouTube channel because you have so much knowledge, you know, on things. And my, my what they've actually, like, a lot of people have actually said that to me, a messenger. My wife been has been trying to get me to do it. I just... I don't have, I probably, I don't have the time, honestly, to be. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, I, I can definitely understand that. So, you know, you got to do what's right uh, for you. But yeah, or so you probably do... have somebody to, to probably like host it or something like that. And, and one could pick in or something like that, but, but to fully manage it is, it's, it's really time consuming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, you know, um, yeah, I, I definitely, it's really time consuming, but if you have the cash flow to hire someone to do that, I think you could be really successful. Mm -hmm. So, but Bob, if, if, and when, hopefully be looking That's forward it. to it, looking forward to, it. I'll be your first sub. So <laughs> that'll be amazing. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah. Well, I appreciate it. I hope you have a good evening and, uh, you know, take care. Thank you, you everyone for same. hopping on. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem. All Bye. Right. Bye bye. All right, all right, let me see how I get out of here. <laughs>